Welcome to the Athens Frontline, a podcast presented by the Red and Black that covers topics in health and wellness. I'm your host, Simran Kaur Malhotra, here to discuss America's health insurance system, the Affordable Care Act, and healthcare affordability with Dr. Donald Lloyd. Support for this podcast is provided by the Cox Institute for Journalism, Innovation, Management, and Leadership. For more information, visit grady.uga.edu slash Cox Institute. Dr. Donald Lloyd is a triple dog and part-time professor in health policy and management at the University of Georgia. He is also a special projects coordinator with areas of expertise in financial management, health policy, healthcare administration, leadership, and strategic thinking and planning. Hello, Dr. Lloyd. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Hope you are too. I am doing well. Thank you so much for taking out the time to talk to me. It's a really important episode. It's actually our last content-based episode in our first season. I wanted to have someone talk about health insurance because so many Americans still don't know much about it. So many Americans know about it and don't even have health insurance. And then, of course, Americans exist that do have health insurance. So can you start off by kind of explaining the importance of having health insurance in America? Well, I think first and foremost, it has to do with bankruptcy. Costs are high in healthcare, and failure to have insurance means that you're at personal risk for that. The second thing that we know about health insurance, too, in addition to giving you peace of mind, is that we know that you get less care if you don't have health insurance. And we also know that your outcomes when you do have care are worse. So, in a nutshell, it's money and it's access and it's the quality of your life. A lot of people um, I've, that I've talked to that don't have health insurance, I've asked them, why don't you have health insurance? And they have a notion that health insurance is really expensive, that they won't be able to afford health insurance. Okay. Now, I always talk to them and say, you know, well, health care in itself is also very expensive. So can you kind of shed some light on you know, is health insurance very costly? Is it still better to get it? And for those who do struggle to afford health insurance, what can they do? Well, the the answer is yes, it's expensive. But what we know also is that more than half of the health insurance premiums in the United States are paid for through employers. So if you're employed for the most part, you're going to have some kind of coverage through your employer and they pay depending upon the company, they pay most of the premiums or at least 75 or 80% of the premiums. For those who don't have it, if you're poor, we have the Medicaid program. If you're under 400% of the federal poverty level, and if you're, if you're insured, if you're not insured and you're between Medicaid and you don't quite have enough, we have the Affordable Care Act and we have the healthcare exchanges that allow you to get in and the premiums are adjusted based on what your income is. So at this point in life, the major issue, even though people talk about it being cost, it's mostly young people who think I'm young and healthy and I don't really need it. Um, I had a child that was in that, that case many years ago and ended up with a catastrophic accident that cost a lot of money. She was working, was employed, but chose not to be on the insurance plan. Most young people don't get it. They say it's because of the cost, but it's really because they feel like they're healthier and they don't need the insurance. So for someone who 
does want the insurance, right? And um, they're not able to make ends meet. You mentioned the Affordable Care Act. How does that work? How can someone get involved or get, you know, uh, insurance through the Affordable Care Act or Medicare or Medicaid? The way to get it is really very simple. There's a website that's called healthcare.gov, and you simply go to there, put in your state, even your city, and they have people who will help you negotiate your way through the exchanges and take the information that's necessary to, to see what kind of premium discount you'll get. So it's really pretty easy to do. What we know today, the Affordable Care Act, when, we, when it opened, about 17.5% of the population, 18% of the population were uninsured. We're down now to under 10% of the non-elderly who are uh, uninsured. And, and doing better by the day. Now that dipped a little bit during the Trump administration, but it's rising again today. And when we do talk about the Affordable Care Act, there's a lot of non-healthcare talk as well. You know, the coined name Obamacare. Right. It seems like it's it's an act that really helps people who are in need, you know, get the healthcare that they need and be able to afford it. So why is there so much backlash, do you think? Well, like everything else in society today, it's all political. I taught healthcare policy at UGA some time ago, early in the, in the time when we had the Affordable Care Act. And I told everybody, don't call it Obamacare. It, it doesn't matter whether you like President Obama or didn't. It attached something to a party that a lot of people don't like. We asked people back in those days, we took some polls and we asked people, did they like Obamacare or did they prefer the Affordable Care Act? And they didn't know they were one and the same. And we found that, that 60, 70% of the people said they liked the Affordable Care Act, but they didn't like Obamacare. So it, it, the, the politics get too involved in that decision-making. The Affordable Care Act, while not perfect, is certainly a step in the right direction in healthcare reform. That makes sense. Now, when we're looking at uh, access to health insurance or health care, mm-hmm. Communities of color are definitely affected by this a lot more than their white counterparts. Correct. Why is it harder for communities, uh, especially Black communities or Hispanic communities, to seek access to health care insurance compared to their white counterparts? You know, what we have found in political science is an innate distrust of government or the system. And so people of color typically in these other communities are fearful of going to some institution or government to get what they need. They, they simply don't trust it. We're, we're seeing this with COVID at the moment in terms of the of vaccinations. Um, it, it requires just further education from within those communities. Now, everybody always says that it feels like the healthcare cost overall is increasing, but the quality feels like it's not increasing as much or sometimes decreasing. Okay. Does healthcare insurance have anything to do with that? Or what what can we do with health policy and management to better <clears throat> that connection? I'm, I'm going to kind of move over a little bit and, and, and do a little bit of, of background. The Institute for Healthcare Improvement several years ago through and because of the Affordable Care Act, developed the triple aim. I don't know if you've heard of that or not. The triple aim is is basically improving the patient experience, improving the health of the populations, 
and reducing the cost of care. Okay, this is sort of the, the centerpiece of health policy at the moment. But the real issues in the healthcare system are what I call as a healthcare uh, insurance stool. The healthcare stool is cost, quality, and access. Those things have to be balanced off against each other. We don't have unlimited amounts of money to pay for everything we'd like to have. So to some degree, we have to ration the care. So the system right now is guided by politics. Political feasibility determines what we can do. The Affordable Care Act was instituted to cut costs primarily and increase access. Quality is up to the, the provider of care and the Institute for Healthcare Improvement and the Agency for Healthcare Quality and Research have also provided some guidelines. We're trying to move the system from a fee-for-service type system to a value-based system. Problem we have is that we have a hard time figuring out how to measure the volume, you know, the value that we get for what we do. Any solutions to measuring that problem? Because it seems like a really big problem, right? Talking about healthcare and this nation, just through your years of expertise, just to hear your opinion, you know. Uh, well, very- we started on this path in the 1970s, where we said we wanted to be sure that people got quality care. We're now 50 years later, and we're not any closer to it. Well, we are a little closer to it. But the reason is very simple. We don't know how to measure it. If you're happy as a patient, is that good quality care? Not necessarily. Sometimes we ask you to do things that you don't want to do. You don't comply with what you're being asked to do by the provider of care. So we don't have a good methodology, and there's not enough incentives in the system to change what we do. A 1% or 2% penalty or a 1% or 2% boost in reimbursement to hospitals or physicians is not enough to change behavior. The amount of money involved has got to be much higher in order for people to change their behavior. Completely agreed. And we need more policymakers working with healthcare professionals as well to bring different ideas and expertise to the table that I think, you know, right. both both need to contribute to any changes or any methodology that needs to be implemented. Now, there's a lot of students that listen to our podcast, and some of them are trying to navigate through this whole insurance world for the first time, especially with right. healthcare. You know, being a professor, being someone who has worked your entire life in health policy, what are about two to three things you would advise any student to be careful of or to know before they do get healthcare insurance or get their first job and they're negotiating the benefits, anything like that? Well, I think you need to know, number one, how much is it going to cost you? If you go to work and and you have policy that's provided by your employer, how much are they going to pay and how much are you going to pay? Number two, they need to understand the concepts of deductibles and co-payments. Deductibles, I'm going to give you an example. Uh, if the service costs $100, most insurances are going to require a 10 or 20% deductible. So you're going to have to pay 10 or $20 before the insurance kicks in. Then there's a copay, And most of the time, those co-pays are, again, 80 or 90%. You've got to pay 10 or 20%. So there are going to be some costs up front even though you have insurance. Know what those numbers are and know what you can afford. Then know what is actually covered and what is not. The biggest problem, I think, for young people is being uninsured or being underinsured. That is, they, they have a policy of some kind, but they don't know exactly what's covered. 
most of the time, young people assume that everything is covered because I've got insurance. So be sure you know what's covered, what your deductible is, what your copay is. That is some good advice. I know that I'm going to be looking forward to that as I grow up and, and learn about all these vocabulary words and, you know, go on. on now, I understand you're going to go to medical school. Is that right? That's the aim. That's the aim. One of the things that we find is needed more in medical school curricula is to teach you about insurance so that you know what the patient faces when they come in. And that'll help you too. That does. That does help. I think it's a great implementation for medical schools to incorporate, um, especially looking at different communities, different backgrounds, and seeing how to guide that conversation as well. Well, Dr. Lloyd, I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for talking to me, answering all of my questions. I know this is a podcast more towards the, the policies and the wellness of actually knowing that you're getting quality health care for what you're paying for. Um, so I appreciate you, you know, sharing everything that you know about this. Great. Okay. Well, thank you very much. You take care. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Athens Frontline podcast presented by The Red and Black. I'm your host, Simran Kaur Malhotra. Make sure you tune back in next week for our next episode. Until then, check us out on social media at Red and Black. Have a healthy and safe rest of your week.